home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Welcome to Cross Politic. I have bad news for you, but it's good news too. The bad news is we are off this week. Now, why we are off this week, don't, don't turn off the show yet. We might be off this week, but you're not off this week, and we still have a bunch of great shows planned for you. Do you know Cross Politic has been going on since probably, oh, I don't know, 2016, I believe is when we started, uh, somewhere around August or September 2016. And those shows that we did in 2016, I don't think we started doing video until 2018. So there's like two years of show content that if you watch the show, you're not going to get. So if you have a phone, and most of you do, because it's what you're watching me from, you need to go download the Fight, Laugh, Feast app. Inside the app, you will find all of the old archive shows from 2016, 2017. I think we might have done a video or two. Oh, hold on. Got a cough. See, that's what, see, when you're a club member, a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member, you get to not hear coughs because uh, you pay for lovely pieces of equipment like this that allows me to hit the mute button so you don't have to hear a cough. That's why you sign up for the club membership. Otherwise, if you're in headphones, you can hear a cough <coughs> all in the ear, but you don't have to do that when you or a Fight Left Feast club member. Anyway, so all these shows are inside the app. There's two years of shows that we've done that you probably won't ever get a chance to see if you watch the show or listen to if you watch the show. And if you go inside the app store, there's a catalog of old shows there, but that's not it. If you find up, sign up to become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member, uh, and you get a lovely catalog of all sorts of other content that we've been making since 2018. Uh, video content, how to raise sturdy kids, uh, eschatology content. You get God and government for Uncle Gary. You have... Um, Think during the pandemic, we did shows every day and created special content put behind the paywall, historical content. Recently, we just got done doing uh, the uh, spiritual discipleship with Ben Merkel. Seven, seven episodes in that series we're doing with him, and we're I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, but we're working on a new app and we're building it out right now. It's going to be so awesome. Lots of great content is going to be there too. So go download the app. Get acquainted with some of the old content, get acquainted with some of the new content so that <clears throat> when we come back, you'll be able to say, oh, wow, I have a better understanding of some of the jokes that Gabe tells because they're like five years old. Anyway, so sign up right now to become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member um, because you get $100 off of the Ark Encounter tickets to the conference and you don't want to miss that. It's going to be phenomenal. Hold on. Let me remember. Who's all going to be there? Let me remind myself. Uh, you ha Oh, wait, that's not it. Hold on. I got it. It's right here. I've done it before. I'm a professional. There it goes. Okay. Ken Ham's going to be there. Pastor Doug Wilson's going to be there. Ben Merkel. Of course, Pastor Toby. Dr. Gordon Wilson. Myself. Aaron Snell be leading in Psalms. 
It'll be October 11th through the 14th. So go ahead, sign up, become a club member, get your discounts, and get ready to plan your family vacations at the Ark Encounter this October 11th through the 14th. I look forward to seeing you there. So now while we won't be here, still you will get a daily news brief. If you don't want to miss out on the news that's happening every day because you have created your habits, we don't want to end that. We want to keep your habits going. So we got a great show planned for you for the rest of the week. Old shows. But you can have a new update every day of the news with Garrison Hardy. He's going to give you your daily news brief. So download the app, get the notifications of when those daily news briefs come out so you don't have to lose track of what's happening with the news. Now, this week, I'm really excited about this week. So in 2020, we went on tour for the Cross-Politic East Coast Tour, and we were doing G3. And while we were at G3, we had the chance to have um, – Doug Wilson, James White, and Virgil Walker all on the couch with us in a little um, Airbnb and did a show with them. And such a great show. So I, I wonder, that's going to be the first thing up this week. Also, I think one of the first times we ever had Steve Dace on the show, me and Gabe were arguing about this, but I think it was like 2018. But it was Steve Dace and Joe Rigney from Desiring God. And so that's going to be interesting. And then Ride Sally Ride with Doug Wilson will be Wednesday. Thursday, Haunted by Kant with uh, Dr. Tom Price. There's a couple things in that that's going to be amazing. One of the things he said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it for you. So Thursday's coming up. And then Friday, oh, my goodness. Uh, little short guy, but he's packed full of power, Robert Gagnon. So that's just kind of an update of what we're going to be doing all week. Great shows planned for you. Some of you guys, those are old shows that go all the way back to 2018. And some of you guys just came around in the last three years. So these are going to be very insightful for you uh, to how we communicate and understand the thought process that's been developing with Cross Politics since we started. So without any further ado, Pastor Doug Wilson, James White, and Virgil Walker walk into an Airbnb. Where's the intro music? We it's are playing. live. You, you just say that every time. We're live hear. on the road here at our Airbnb in Atlanta, Georgia at the G3 conference. Of course, you guys already know Waterboy, Chop Knox, Pastor Toby. We also have Dr. James White, Virgil and Trouble Walker, and Pastor <laughs> Doug Wilson. <laughs> wow. Virgil's in the hot seat. Yeah. And, and then we got fast, Dwayne in the it? background you with did. the bar. Yeah, yeah. We got Nick. We got Daniel. We got a whole crew here. Matt from How to Build a Tent Maybe in the background. More people coming in. Too. And more people coming in. Jared Longshore. No, I haven't had Jared, Jared in the background. From Founders Ministries. I haven't had dinner tonight, so um, bear with me. <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you put us on this couch and them on that couch. That's the hot seat. Is it us versus Is them? It? Yeah. Oh, I think build bridges, not walls. We're shirts, y'all skins. Although, what is this like? There's kind of a pattern here. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Oh, I, mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't see anything happening. Oh, I just want to say though. So you're not colorblind. You did it. I'm just saying you did it. I don't know what you mean by it. But okay, so Virgil, you and Daryl had a live show today at G3, and you guys were talking about woke worship. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe just kind of. Start at the basics there. Yeah. Give us a definition, working definition, and, and then kind of cover where you guys work yeah. to. Well, what we did was I had a, I actually had a conversation with a guy in 
uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and he was <clears throat> over, pr providing oversight for a number of worship pastors. And the conversation that we had when something like, you know, he was really excited about what he was doing in different churches. He was trying to figure out what he could do to ensure that each place where he was, you know, speaking into, these were his words, had a black person, a Hispanic person, a female on the you know, on the the stage. No Asians. No. Uh, and, and, and oh, we're Nebraska. We're 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 Omaha, Nebraska. Bro. I was gonna say we're, we're in Omaha, Nebraska. It's Basic hard. supply and demand. Right? Yes, it's, it's a supply and demand. Uh, supply and demand. <laughs> well, the only one Asian guy just can't go to every yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. It's just, way too much traveling. Way too much traveling. So I, out of that, I, I kind of started germinating an idea around. I knew this was coming up. We were trying to figure out a topic. Uh, for you know, for the G3 conference, I had a conversation that basically with Knox. We were talking about some things, kind of texting back and forth. I I actually was joking. I, I mean, we were don't joke with me. I, right? Don't joke. Yeah. No, I mean, I was really joking. I said, oh, we got we got to do woke worship, and and then we were trying to figure out where, where, where would we go with that. Uh, from that, I kind of went and did some research and and looked at the fact that in 1960 it was Martin Luther King Jr. who on Meet the Press had the famous statement that uh, at the 11 o'clock hour in every church in America, that's the most segregated hour in America. Right. Uh, and then we looked at how that, 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 that quote from 1960 has continued to permeate the culture everywhere you go. Especially divided by faith, right? Absolutely. It's a huge quote to that book. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, when you think about that and, and listen to um, woke evangelicalism, you would think that things for blacks are actually worse today than they were in 1960. There, there may have been some, some, some meat around the bones of the statement for King when he made, when, when he made the statement. Mm -hmm. those, those issues are far gone today, but we still act as if things are worse. So we, we just started kind of investigating that, taking the, the leap off of that quote and trying to examine, is there reality to that? Uh, if so, what kind of weight is there? And really, we, we really wanted to unpack what are the presuppositions behind the idea in the first place? And really what they are is that there's something sinfully wrong in white evangelicalism. Uh, there's something absolutely wrong with the fact that there's an quote-unquote all-white church, uh, while at the same time casting a blind eye to what's happening in predominantly black churches. So we, we unpacked that. We had a great time kind of doing that, talking through some of those issues, and, uh, and that, was, that was a part of our show. So what, what did you conclude from that? I don't know. There were, there were many conclusions that okay. were really very different. I mean, yeah. um, we, we, we talked about common themes that we've talked about on our show before, uh, the issue of the fact that, that racial reconciliation is a misnomer, that we really need to look at defi biblical definitions around, around man and making sure that we understand that, that, the, that the Bible doesn't see races, it sees ethnicities. Uh, the fact they do the police, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the question. <laughs> I mean, I like what you're saying. I just want the police to be like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. The issue, the issue really is within, within the church walls, though, what, what's happening? What's, what's, really, right, right. what's really going on? Um, again, there are always going to be race, racist police officers. There's always going to be racial, it, or I don't even want to say race because you, you use that word and you, sure. and I know you really miss it. Yeah. There's always going to be sinful men doing evil things That's in right. bad places, That's right? right. Yeah. And right. so we know that. And, and being, being aware of that, we, we want to we make sure that we don't label an entire culture of people in, on, the, on the basis of what one person is going to do. <laughs> you do. What you can do is throw in the, the question, what is the ideal mix? 
what's the ideal yeah. demographic mix? So if you say that that church is too white or this church is too whatever, yeah. say, okay, what ought it, ought it to be? Right. What should it be? Right. Mm. And if you can't answer the question, and you can't. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right? right. You can't answer the question. Yeah. But if you can't answer the question, then that tells you that this well, whatever you do will never be enough. Right. Can I try to answer the question though? Because I can hear it right now in my head. It was like, it should look like heaven, Pastor Wilson. <laughs> so right? if I, if it I, should look like right. heaven. So right. if, I'm, if I'm pastoring a church in northern Idaho, which is little Norway, right? I know. Right. I know. Right. Can we get a close-up of that? Can we get a close-up of that? I don't, that's, that's I, don't, I don't think that he ought to act hurt because he moved there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. He got a point. He got a point. And I'm happy about it. I, I, I should take this opportunity to tell a story on, <laughs> on uh, the family. We had the Shannons over at our house for Sabbath dinner when they first arrived in Moscow. And... Um, Blair, one of my granddaughters, was still a lap child, two, maybe two years old. And um, my wife was talking to uh, Sharon, and, and, and she was telling about the woes they had in Georgia. And she said, and then we concluded that we were pretty much the only black Presbyterians in Georgia. <laughs> and and then true. Blair leaned forward, little top, leaned forward and said, and we're the pink ones. <laughs> 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 but the point the point is in if you if you're a pastor in Finland right if you're if you're a pastor in the Congo yeah. in the if you're a pastor in central China mm -hmm. why on earth does your church have to look like heaven right what are you talking about right yeah. you, what you're doing is you're turning the church into a social uh, social engineering lab right where you're trying to picture what you think heaven's going to be like and, you, and you, who has a good idea of that? Yeah. And then you're postulating what the ratios are going to be. Right. And then you're yeah. saying, and then you're guilting everybody for not having those ratios. And if they attain to those ratios, that's when you would change your mind, because, <laughs> oh no, it's not. That's not good enough. Because woke Christianity runs on guilt. Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever you do, it will never ever be enough by definition. At the, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is Christ's church, and He's the one who builds His church. And so we're, we're, not, we're not the ones to kind of go out and figure out aesthetically what that needs to look like and how we need to, I, I, use, I use the term evangelistic affirmative action, right? We're, we're trying to figure out right. how we go about That's right. Right, bringing yeah. in the, the, yep. the, the right number. Okay, we got two blacks today. I guess I won't evangelize to any more black people. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go evangelize to this can't many share, Hispanics. Can't, can't share the gospel can't with you. Can't share the friends. gospel with you. We got enough black people, so we don't need that at all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, right, right. Our quotas are full. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's, there is this, okay, just to do a little pushback, there is something that's really interesting, though, and it's really beautiful in the culture of Christians that come together. When you see your Asian brothers and sisters from other countries, and yeah. you see your African brothers from other countries, and you guys come together, and you start sharing food, and you understand the gospel in these contexts, that's a beautiful thing. It is, it is it, but the it, unity in that is on the basis of Christ and Him crucified. Right, and I think that there's a, there's a push to try and say, okay, we believe that, we sure. hold to that, sure. but we want to try and manufacture that the best we can, or... To act like there hasn't been a push in one way or another to drive by churches that you should be going to sure. or could be going to uh, because of the very issue of race. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I get, I get, I, I get. I, I, man, I, I think we've been around each other long enough, at least to know. I come from a from a, a more Pentecostal background, right? Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on, somebody, <laughs> right? I, 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 yeah, he, he, he coming uh, out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe a Kia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I come from that background, and when you can I translate later, I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> and, and when and when I when I came to Omaha, Nebraska, from yeah. that background, Carlton Pearson. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Carlton, his story. Heretic Carlton Pearson. Yeah. I came from that church. Yeah, I came from. Did that. you really? Oh yeah, I was in the middle of that whole the whole th the whole basis of that of that movie that was put together on Netflix. No Come Sunday. Way. I was yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton's hair was too. I mean, anyway, sorry. anyway, it was VHS back then, right? My point was, I, I was I was I came from that into this context where I got told when I when I went to Omaha that I would double the, the, the black population by the time I got there, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole state's maybe 3% minority, right? 3% black anyway. Right. So I was not looking for a Baptist church. I was looking for everything that you're talking about. I was looking for a church that where people who look like me and, and the music had to sound like this. Right, and right, right. The preacher had to tune up on Sunday morning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, to, so, <laughs> so for me, when I went to all of those churches, yeah. and for some odd reason, man, it, it never felt right to me. And and I think it was at that time the Lord was really drawing me more more closely uh, to more closely align with the truth of His Word. Gave me a hunger for Scripture. Gave me a hunger for the truth. And I find myself at this predominantly white. 98% white church where I where, where the, the teaching is awesome right well, your personal I'm preference the aren't driving necessarily what defines a church they weren't it was God's right. truth the, his, his word rightly preached and so that's where I, that's where I landed the issue is get to not got to right right so in the in the church in Christ we get to fellowship across ethnic boundaries and national boundaries we get we have the freedom to do that but preachers particularly love to flip it because guilt is a is a wonderful motivator. They think mm -hmm. it's a terrible motivator, actually. But right. they want to mm. say you've got to. Isn't it a wonderful thing when there's a robust turnout to Wednesday night prayer meeting? Right. Well, you all got to be there. Right. And well, that's a buzzkill, right? You're right. you're killing it by l introducing law into things that mm. there's there's no you don't have any business introducing the law there. So, for Virgil, when uh, when when this worship pastor right. guy that you used to start start this. Well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know that until this comes out. Then he'll know. <laughs> yeah. well, we, won't, we won't say any names. We won't say any Virgil, you're in trouble, Walker. Right. Is that thanks. what you call yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Trouble Walker. No, but like, so what? What did you say, or what would you say in a situation like that, where the, where you're working with somebody that they, they're they're wanting to talk that way about quotas? Yeah. What, what do you say? Well, two things. I and I, I want to go back really quickly to something that. That you said about loving this diverse, you know, mix of church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not any less in love with the people of God at the church that I'm at because they're all white. Yeah. Then I would be in a con in a cultural context where there were people of different ethnicities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because one thing too that was a mistake. What I was saying was that there's monolith. I was thinking monolithic about white people in that context. Right? Sure. I said something that cultures inside of white culture. I said it's one thing. Right. That's a monolithic statement Absolutely. that I made it Absolutely. by itself. Yeah. Absolutely. To, to answer your question, I just asked him questions. Yeah. I really didn't. I mean, I, I hadn't really formulated my thought process around how to address the issue. I hadn't really formulated the woke worship idea at all. Yeah. I mean, as he was saying this to me, I was like, "Really? Is that yeah. the?" I mean, I would, th and I, I, I kind of posited to him, I would think he would try to find the, the best singers. 
the, the best musician. <laughs> the best musician? Like, the, like yeah. the people who love God and worship him. I, I, Shocker. Yeah, that yeah. would be, wouldn't that be the motivation rather than the, the, the level of melanin in, the, in their skin? Oh, yeah. I guess you have a point. And, yeah. You know, we kind of left it there. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. push the envelope much. All right, well, I, I want to, I know we're about out of time. Yeah, yeah. So look at you respecting the clock. Look. Sanctification. Uh, yeah, I'm growing. Okay. I'm growing. When we come back. Yes. Uh, so happy right now. <laughs> yes, I'm, so I'm watching it. Okay. I'm, I'm just. I'm trying. To, I'm gonna land this thing. Okay. I want to ask Pastor Doug though when we get back. Um, what makes modern churches susceptible mm. to this mm. thing? All right. More on cross politic. Right after this. Music. It's playing. You just don't hear it. I'm all right. That's what we go. I hear it. I feel it. <laughs> the music of the angels. Welcome back to Cross Politic. We are in Atlanta, Georgia at the G3 conference, and we are hanging in our bed and breakfast. Airbnb. Airbnb. Bed and breakfast. Airbnb. I wouldn't do that with you. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. Sorry, Gabe's hungry. He hasn't eaten dinner yet. He's a Snickers. He's hungry. That's right. James White with us. We got Mr. Virgil Walker. Mr. Virgil, he's about to be in trouble, Walker. Thanks for that. Pastor Douglas. Always he really is a good <laughs> dude. Always is a Participating in the troublemaking. If you sit on the same couch, you're in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> the trouble yeah. couch. Yeah, anybody yeah. that drove by this house <laughs> is in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll be featured on certain blogs tomorrow. <laughs> so, Doug, what, um, in your estimation, has made us susceptible to this woke? Business. I mean, so the Christian church, there's, you know, and conservative, I and mean, specifically, I'm not talking about the liberals. Yeah. I'm talking about they've been woke. Yeah, they've yeah, been yeah I mean, but conservatives who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, even Calvinists, you know, yeah. people who believe in the sovereignty of God, um, uh, you know, look back to Calvin, all this kind of stuff. How, why have we been susceptible? If you, if you say the NIV, a debate starts right here. So, <laughs> That's actually... Translation! Translation! We're coming to you. We're coming to you. It goes way, beyond, way before the NIV. All the way back to Westcott and Horton. There you go. There you go. There you go. We're ready to go. Run out. Run out. Start it. I got put out with it. You're the moderator. You're the moderator. The best comes off. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that I'd say it's a combination of two things. One is evangelicals in North America for 250, 300 years have been um, riding waves. Evangelicals are surfers, right? They, they, they are interested in the next big thing. And, and some of this, and I'm not, I'm not a, an opponent of revival by any means, but there's, as Ian Murray shows there's a difference between revival and revivalism right and revivalism is surfing you know yeah. you, and if there's anything evangelicals do it's to catch the latest thing you remember promise keepers promise keepers yeah. Yeah. promise keepers was the thing yeah there's there's always thing. A, a thing yeah. right and it's filling stadiums or filling auditoriums or this is the thing that Filling excites everybody. This is we're all about getting numbers, and so I think even there's that's just part of the evangelical cultural DNA okay. that everybody has. Moderate, liberal, conservative, everybody yeah. sort of participates in in that. The second thing is that I, I think it goes back to a um, a misstep in the '80s when um, when the whole theonomy controversy. Mm -hmm. um, 
Tyler, blew, Texas, that blew whole up. thing. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm with if someone says, Are you a theonomist? I, I say, Oh no, I hate God's law, you know. <laughs> 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 and of course and of course that reveals that every Christian is a theonomist. Right. In that we we should do what God says to do. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> now, Doctor Wine. Now, now, now you know. Now you know. His middle name is in trouble. I'm in trouble. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm in trouble. You're welcome to come to Boston. He should be. They really, they really will be in trouble if you don't let me finish the sentence. <laughs> so theonomy is simply doing it God's way, and everybody agrees on that. The debate, the real debate, is over exegesis. Uh-huh. What yeah. did God tell us yeah. to do? Right. You know, are are these mosaic laws still applicable in the same way, etc.? That's an exegetical debate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But what happened was uh, the re- the recons had their own problems, but the re- they they made that a debate back in the eighties. It was yeah. a big debate. Yeah. Does, is God's law applicable yeah. uh, in modern times? And basically, the theonomists. Were shut down, run out of town. The whole thing was no, 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 no. Yeah. But then what happened, and it was, I think, this was the real move in it. The, uh, there was, you might call it soft leftist theonomy. Oh. Uh, came in. Yeah. Uh, right. Think, right. think about NT oh, right, like, NT, uh, NT right on third world debt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Jim uh, Wallace. You think about like Jim Wallace. Jim, yeah. Yeah, Tony Jim, Campolo, Jim, Jim yeah. Wallace, where they say uh, they, they love themselves some jubilee laws. <laughs> they, yeah. they love them. You know they, but it's cherry picking out of the Old Testament. Right. Right. And so what happened was we um, everybody felt kind of sheepish. Conservatives felt kind of sheepish about banishing the Bible from discussions of uh, social justice, yeah. justice in society. Yeah. And then mm. some people were right there at the door saying, well, we really need to address the root causes of poverty. We really, And it was just standard issue liberalism um, decked out in Bible verses. Right. Right. And because people had a guilty conscience, because they it, say what you want about the recons, at least they read the whole Bible without flinching. Yeah. You know, they said, "Well, that's a tough one, but let's go for it." You know, that that sort of thing. Right. And this was just unabashed cherry picking. Yeah. And right. so, if you said, um, if you said to N.T. Wright, who wants to forgive all third world debt, well, the Old Testament says other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. He'd say, "Oh, oh, you know, oh no, we can't, do, we can't do that." Right. Well, why are you just selectively? Yeah. Why um, just the year of jubilee? Yeah, and and what's happening is the climate, the climate is a uh, totalitarian, soft leftist climate, right. and this enabled conservatives to be talking a uh, a strong Bible game while they were actually going along with mm. uh, what the world was saying. Mm. That's my. Thesis. Catching a wave and feel good, uh, scratch and sniff the enemy. I'll put some wind in those sails. I want to know what your take is on scratch Scratch and sniff the enemy. That's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) I have to sit around for five minutes to come up with those. Why I don't bother. You are wearing an awesome sweater vest. I am. Which I makes am. up for everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. Wait wait till I buy Doug a, a, a real a, one? A, a real cookie. Oh, oh he's going down. Is that, is that make it to Moscow? Make it as African as possible. I don't. <laughs> they're not African. They're, they're, they're actually Australian. But. What was it? Look on his face. All the Australians are offended right now. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, 
Doug would never be caught dead in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He might have a big enough heart to not make me feel ones? too badly. No, we, we get to arrange a big time bet or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. You have to wear a Kooji. How do you think we got here? You know, kind of piggybacking on that. Well, I, I like the, the insight that was just offered. That, that's certainly one way of looking at how the door was left open. Mm -hmm. But it's, to be honest with you, I don't think the door was on any hinges in the first place. <laughs> um, what door? Yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> evangelicalism is canonically challenged. It mm -hmm. has 27 books, and not all of them are equal. John and Romans are the most inspired, and uh, Hebrews wow. is barely uh, in the group. Does James even show ja up? Ja James is downright <laughs> Luther, <laughs> Luther is right. <laughs> throw Jimmy out. But just as Rome has a, a Deutero canon, a secondary canon for, for the Apocrypha, the Apocrypha books, yeah. um, we have a Deutero canon. Uh, the Old Testament is viewed as primarily a storybook. Wow. Yeah. And so when you mm -hmm. read 1 Corinthians and you read Paul saying, you should have known yeah. that the guy who's engaged in incest needs to be put out. Well, how was he supposed to know that? By reading John? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Tomorrow at uh, G3, I'm going to be doing something really weird, is I'm preaching on Isaiah 6, but I'm preaching from the Greek Septuagint. Okay. And I've asked them there, have you ever had anyone preach directly from the Greek Septuagint? No English translation, just straight from the Greek yeah. Septuagint. And they're like, no, and we're a little scared. So um, <laughs> the reason I'm doing that is the Septuagint was the Bible of the early church. Right. That was what, when, when Paul said to Timothy, uh, the scriptures which are able to make you wise into salvation through that's faith right. which is in Christ Jesus. So that's what he was talking yeah, about, right, was right. the Old Testament mm -hmm. and what... Timothy, as a Greek-speaking guy, would have had would have been what we call the Greek Septuagint. Well, all, all scripture inspired, what, and that's what? and that's what it was in reference to. Yeah. And functionally, evangelicals view the Mosaic Law as a curiosity. Hmm. So the idea that there is actually a moral element, most evangelicals that I knew growing up would have said, "We're not under the law; we're under grace," mm -hmm. which means we don't worry about any of that stuff back there. We don't read it, we don't look at it, we don't try to understand it, we don't try to see how it ref reflected God's character, right. we don't try to make any type of, of modern application uh, as to what the moral content of this revelation tells us about God's character. Mm -hmm. That just is not a part of the vast majority of evangelicalism. So we didn't have any hinges on the door, so these guys come along and they start talking about justice. Right. How are they supposed to define it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the New Testament writers are assuming we already have a body of revelation mm -hmm. that has revealed what God's holy character right. is, yeah. and so we don't have to repeat everything. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. But since they didn't, and all you've got is the New Testament, right. what have you got? How, how can you even analyze what's being said to you? And, and you're you're in deep trouble. And on top of that, in the we're not under the law, we're under grace, is from Romans six fourteen. And I'll quote from the NIV here for you. Uh, <laughs> the, the full verse says, For sin shall not be your master, for you are not under law, but under grace. Yeah. The popular received wisdom among evangelicals is that law is strict standards. Grace means that God loosened his standards. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And yeah. so in the Old Testament, you had to do it. And in the New Testament, we, nah. You, you don't really you have Boys to. will be boys. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and so what happens is... But he doesn't change the definition of sin. Right. It's sin shall not be your master, for you're not under law. So being under law 
for Paul meant condemnation. It meant you you were under law when you couldn't stop sinning, right. and you couldn't stop being condemned because you couldn't stop sinning. Mm. And the law was strict and condemned you, right. but being under grace means that you're liberated from sin. Right. You're, right. You're, you're, right. Uh, you're liberated from condemnation. Yeah. But the right. definition of sin doesn't change. Right. Right. right? The definition right. of God's, it's still a violation of God's holy character as right. revealed in his word. Right. A few years ago I did a series, uh, 35 long sermon series. Um, <laughs> Through Romans that's not long for no, 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 it's not. <laughs> but on, on the holiness code. Yeah. Um, and the, I looked for, not only did we do did the holiness code in Leviticus, yeah. but we jumped into Deuteronomy. We covered the toughest texts. I didn't want to dodge anything. Yeah. So if two men are fighting and a woman reaches out and grabs yeah, yeah. The, the man, uh, yeah. her hands to be, we did a sermon on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Have you Was that Seeker Sunday? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we didn't have a Seeker Sunday. <laughs> that would have ended that. All the Seekers would have been interesting. The reason, the, but the reason we did that was I didn't want the people in my congregation to be able to say to anyone, you know, we've... We've never addressed those things because, right. because why? Well, because we really do believe all scripture is given, all scripture is theonistos, including that text. C.S. Lewis, Lewis once said that <laughs> of some older preachers of another era, he said if the, if the text had had smallpox, the sermon wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, we would have gotten the smallpox because we, we, we went after everything. And the, the point was that you can and you must deal with the reality if you're going to answer what our society is saying to us on issues such as homosexuality, marriage, uh, genetic manipulation, I don't care what it is. If we don't have everything God has given to us in Scripture, right. we're, we're going to be guessing. We're going to be making it up as we go along. i yeah. got to stop us right here. See, this is great. It's, we're going to keep going. But you're not. You're going to move on to the next show. But if you are a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member, you're going to get whatever happens in the next 30, 40, mm. hour and a half. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we ain't going to sleep until so, we get this problem solved. <laughs> so if you're single... not getting lunch either. You know, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. So until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. I personally don't think we could have made Virgil any more uncomfortable. <laughs> That's my own thoughts on this. All right. I'm looking forward to an awesome week with you guys. We will see you tomorrow for more Cross Politics. We'll have Steve Dace and Joe Rigney. The first time we had Steve Dace on the show. I'll tell you a little story about that tomorrow on Cross Politics. So if you're single, get married. And if you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politic putting off writing that proposal again yeah we've been there proposal writing can be tough it takes work and if you're not careful you can set up your company for failure well that's where we come in Smart Pricing Table is an innovative application that focuses on, well, the pricing table. Instead of a static document and constant back and forth, our platform creates interactive proposals that empower your prospects. Not sure if something is needed? Make it optional. 
Have complicated services that vary? Let your customer do the work with line item upsells. Have reoccurring services? Easy peasy. With Smart Pricing Table, you can create attractive proposals quickly. And our system is built for reuse, so you can get out of that hamster wheel. Give your customers choice and close deals quickly with Smart Pricing Table.